Okay, Ashley, we're finally done with VR Troopers and the porno. Finally. Let's sit down and actually catch up with Ninja Storm. Coda, get out of the Christmas tree! Never! Sid, it's April. Why is the tree still up? Oh god, is it Ninjagor again? If he asks, I'm not here. God damn it, Ninjor, go away! We don't want another Saban side prod! Hey, everyone! Oh my god, it's comic artist Joe Hunter! Again, it's April. The Christmas party is over. You don't have to talk like that right now. I miss the party. Fuck! <laughs> the podcaster formerly known as Jules Sid. And I'm the lesbian small business owner, Ashley. Hi, I draw stuff ostensibly. And this is Ranger Splain, where I, Sid, lifelong Power Rangers fan, take Ashley, Power Rangers newbie, through the wonderful world of Power Rangers. And we are not only finally to the next decade, thank God, but we also have a special guest today. You might know him as a comic book artist on such titles as Beast Heart Strikers and our podcast artist, Joe Hunter. Hi, everyone, I guess. Oh, God. So, Joe, I guess here is where we would ask you, how did you get into Power Rangers? I saw a commercial for it when I was four. I watched it. That's about it. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that's true of most uh, 90s children, except for me somehow. Yeah. Your parents saw a commercial and was like, no, that's stupid. We're not. No, she's not watching that. I wouldn't say it's my parents. It was just my mom. (laughs) Your mom was like, oh, heck no. I'm not watching that every every afternoon. (laughs) (laughs) She admitted it on this podcast. (laughs) I was was kind of in the same boat. I forgot how old I was. And it was like kindergarten. And I was just like, holy shit, this show looks awesome. So, like, I guess we're assuming here is, like, are, are you similar to, to Sid, where you've been a lifelong fan? Or did you kind of, like, dip on it for a bit and then come back to it later? Uh, definitely dipped and came back later. Like, uh, okay. years later. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe not 2015. Time has no meaning. Yeah. Basically. As we've learned in, the, in, this, uh, in this Panasonic, time has no meaning. Time definitely has no meaning. Yeah, it's just been March for an entire year, you know? Yep. <laughs> yep. It was March, then it was hot March, then it was less hot March, and then it was cold March. And now it's March again. And I guess because, like, you, you do, like, a tokusatsu comic, like... Right. How how much has Power Rangers kind of influenced, like, your art and what you do? Um, well, I don't know that it's Power Rangers so much exactly that, but, like, um, when I was probably eight or so, I had gotten a collected edition of the, uh... Legend of Zelda comic that had run in uh, Nintendo Power, like, in the early 90s. And, of course, that was done by uh, Shotaro Ishinomori, who had uh, also created, like, Kamen Rider and Super Sentai and all that stuff. So it's just kind of always been there as, like, a weird background radiation thing, kind of, I guess. Okay. That's been, like, a big influence on how I draw, kind of. Yeah, I did not know that Ishimori actually did a Legend of Zelda comic, so that I learned oh, something yeah. new. 
It was uh, Link to the Past. Okay. All right. I am, uh, <laughs> I am kind of clueless to this, so I'm also learning something new today. Oh. Well, it's just, like, reissued by Viz, like, a couple years ago, so you should be able to still find it on, like, Amazon or something. Or Barnes okay. & Noble, or... <sighs> Wherever fine manga is sold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, then now that we have a little bit of background on our guest today, Sid, do you want to give us some background on the series that we are covering today? Why, certainly! In the mountains of Blue Bay Harbor, Shane Clark, Tori Hansen, and Dustin Brooks attend the Wind Ninja Academy, where they are not particularly good students. One day, while they are running late, the Wind Ninja Academy is abducted by intergalactic ninja master Lothor, and their sensei, Kanoi Watanabe, is turned into a talking guinea pig. With a little help left, the three problem students take up the mantle of the Wind Ninja Rangers. Helped by the sensei's son, Cam, and the Bradley brothers from the Thunder Ninja Academy, the rangers set out to save the city and the entire world from Lothor's forces. All right. So, yeah, as you can tell, there's a lot of uh, family going on in that description, and that's kind of a big thing overall for Ninja Storm. Yeah, well, I feel like the beginning kind of starts out with, like, Cam and his father. A little bit. Right. Uh, but then you also have, like, the Bradley Brothers Hunter and, and Blake and them doing with their parents' death, including, you're going to talk about this later with the with the Cavern of Lost Souls or Mountain of Lost Souls. <laughs> it was the Mountain of Lost Souls, and it drives me insane. <laughs> you can only go to <laughs> heaven if you're a ninja. <laughs> oh, Lord. Didn't Don Bluth do a movie about that? Oh, no, that was something else. Sorry. No, you're fine. <laughs> you know, and then there, you, there's the whole reveal of, like, Lothor is really uh, Sensei Kanoi's uh, twin brother and therefore Cam's uncle and all that. And kind of, like, where, where what does how what does make a family? And also, they, d- they deal with the dad issues a bit better this season than VR Troopers. I mean, anything at this point deals with the dad issues better than VR Troopers. The bar for that is so low, it's in hell. <laughs> yes. Dad. 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 <laughs> oh, God. What was it I once said on Twitter? It's like, when um, when Ryan Steele goes on Griner, does he search for daddies? <laughs> God. You can't tell, but I'm shaking my head at you right now. <laughs> Maybe I can find my dad here. No. No. <laughs> he wouldn't be that dumb enough. No, he'd go on Growler. <laughs> <laughs> that has nothing to do with Ninja Storm, but it's always fun to jab at Ryan Steele's dad issues. Anyway, um, so something else we also noticed about this season is that similar to season three of MMPR, it's very multi-parter heavy. Yeah. Like, when we were doing our watch, because, like, we typically do, like, five episodes a night whenever we do watch, uh, we would leave off in the middle of multi-parters, like, I think a th- at least a third of the time. Yeah. If not half. Um. Uh- but one of the things we kind of found it was a way more coherent show. Like 
if you can flash back to like what three years ago or something when we did that episode it's been two two <laughs> time has no meaning all right exactly yeah it's like two uh, two years ago when we did that episode and it was just kind of like when we did the, the kind of that five minute like pitch that we normally do it was just uh like several paragraphs trying to fit the entire season and what happened whereas like this one was just pretty you know quick explanatory it's like oh troubled students and they they have to figure out how to defeat this dude (laughs) yeah like it's yeah the plot felt very coherent and linear Instead of just, like, yeah, you sub- you would still have the Monster of the Week vibe, like, that would happen in between episodes, but, like, things did feel like they were progressing in a linear fashion and not just, like, we can swap episodes around, except for, like, maybe in the middle, but definitely not towards the end. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, right. that, that, yeah, that makes sense of just kind of, like... I, I feel like this is, uh, and this might be something to, to kind of look out for, I feel like that's kind of, like, where these seasons in the next decade go is that they feel more linear. Right. As opposed to, like, previous uh, stuff we've watched with with that kind of will just jump and and kind of um, curve. Not really curve, but, like, go on tangents before getting back to the main plot. Yeah, and, like, I think that was just sort of a consequence of, like, the syndication run vibe. Because, like, they would have these monster of the week plots that were, yeah, sometimes stuff would happen in them that may have happened in a reference in a previous episode, but not often. Just so, because they could just play in any random order on, you know, Fox Kids, wherever your Fox Kids affiliate was, and it would not be an issue. Yeah. But whereas now that you have, now in this particular season, you have, you know, episodes running on the Disney Channel. ABC or- Family was mainly where it ran. Yeah, Disney Channel, ABC Family, um, Jetix. <laughs> well, that was a thing. Yeah. Um, oh, God. Every, every, yeah. And it was like, it was kind of, I remember the airing of this because this was when I was in high school and actually like kind of dipped back into Power Rangers at that point. Right. Uh, was um, they, uh, it, it had a, a stable time slot every Saturday to to mm-hmm. watch Ninja Storm and they often would take a lot of like breaks. I I remember right. that to kind of like pad the length of the show, I guess. Right. But it was very much like it was all in order, like you could catch it at the same place and everything. So okay. Yeah, it's I I think it's just the nature of it being off of like a syndicated uh, affiliate thing and being more of like on a stable network like just more like a stable show and on a like one network allowed it to kind of be that way right um another thing i guess uh, you know we should talk about is definitely it's a one of it's more i think this is the hit or miss for a lot of people because some mm-hmm. people like a more serious season is this this season's a little bit more on the humor and parody <laughs> yeah because yeah. like there's constantly like puns in the show titles and like the episode titles that were like references to other things. And then like there, I remember specifically there was an episode where like, cause there was some sort of dog monster and I think Tori called, called him Cujo. Yeah. And I'm just like, what child watching this show has watched 
Cujo. Well, maybe not on purpose. Let's watch the nice fluffy thing, Dad. Oh God. <laughs> five years and five years and a ton of therapy sessions later. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's it's definitely I, there's a lot of like fourth wall breaks, uh, particularly jokes about the rock quarry. <laughs> yeah, definitely remember Cam going like, "What is that monster con down there?" <laughs> and then there was like that one episode where Shane was like, "Oh, another clone like uh monster or whatever it was." Yeah. And he's saying this to, like, Blake and Hunter, who were not around for it. They just looked at him blankly. Yeah. Or my favorite is when Lothar would always break the fourth wall. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, that, that one episode, we'll probably talk a little bit more about it when we get to him, but, like, that one episode where he decides the way that he's going to get everybody to love, in the world to love him, is if he's in, like, a 50s and 60s style sitcom. Yes. And I was just like, wow, WandaVision ended great. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was definitely a lot of what's going what was going on. I don't know if it was just particularly with the new writers they hired, just decided to go kind of like the typical like children's TV route of referencing like other shows that children have no idea what that is. I feel like that because it's like uh, the people who are behind kind of the production of this show were... They, I know they weren't show runners of mm-hmm. previous Saban seasons, but they were around the production and writing crew of it. So okay, it it was kind of um more or less on them, uh, you know, just kind of glossing it over. I I remember like one of them is Doug Doug Sloan because he was he was Kimberly's uncle that like passed out in the plane, right? Because of Frida's plot of just murking Power Rangers, right. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, there's a lot less of just trying to kill the Power Rangers because you find them annoying this season, I also noticed. <laughs> Both are like, I am looking after just destroying their powers, which uh, some people kind of are like, why does he just kill the Rangers? I'm like, Lothar has a point of, like, destroy the powers because, yeah, those kids can be dead, but, you know, they can always find new Power Rangers. Yeah, for, for Rita and, uh, Diva Talks, and so many other of the original Power Rangers villains, they were just there to fuck up their lives. Especially Diva Talks. Oh, especially Diva Talks. <laughs> fuck them kids. <laughs> she- um, uh, and then- oh. oh, go ahead. I was gonna about to say it, it's like the action sports. Yeah, that's how you know it's very early 2000s. Everybody's into action sports like skateboarding and surfing and uh, motocross. It's like, Joe, you want to read out the note you wrote for this one? I wrote, oh my god, they on X Games mode. Yeah, that's that's it. That's the series. Because, like, I, you know, it feels like every season of Power Rangers has, like, something that, that, like, the other, that the kids are interested in besides being rangers. And, like, you know, for a very long time it was martial arts. But this time, it's extreme sports. Extreme. Extreme. I, I still remember that one episode towards the end where, like, Dustin's like, I want to get into freestyle, like, motocross instead of, like, racing. And, like, um, I forgot her name for a second. Kelly, Kelly, yes. And uh, so when Kelly's just like, 
well, you're no Travis Pastrana. And you're just like, I don't know who that is. And I'm like, I think he is involved in BMX. <laughs> I didn't know who and that was. BMX, motocross. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know who that was back in the day when it came out. Right. I was like, who? And I think Google just became a thing. Right. So I probably had to type it into Alta Vista. <laughs> yeah, but the point being, like, yeah, this, they actually were trying to reference, like, real-life things, I guess, instead of just making up, like, people as Power Rangers was wont to do. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, uh, Sid still makes fun of me for the time. I thought that one football player in that one episode was real. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was a thing. I was like, I don't know football players. <laughs> this happened, like, middle of the podcast, too. You're just like... I was just like, wait, you think this guy was real? It's like, yeah. They were hyping it up so much, I just assumed so. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, I was like, I don't know what age I was, but I was definitely like a child where I would be like, who's this? Right. (laughs) But, okay, so, you know, we talked enough about the plot. Do you want to get into the characters? Uh, yes. Uh, so, kind of disclaimer before we go into Shane's character. Um, oh boy! Yeah, his mm. actor. Um, he committed suicide. Kind of, we'll put a content warning, of course, on this podcast. But he he committed suicide. It very much seemed like he was doing it to avoid domestic violence charges. And this this season kind of tested my separating the character from the actor thing. Oh boy. Yeah, because yeah. it's just like, I just would, you know, go through and I'm like, oh, yeah, look, Shane. And then I would remember that. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah. And, you know, and that's going to be a thing for people with like, you know, some people are able to do that separation really well. And some people like they're they have a limit. And I mean, for me. This was me coming into it. Like, it's still one of those things that was in the back of my head. Like, you know, also in Wild Force with the one with the Red Ranger who uh, murdered somebody. <laughs> so not that's not laughing at the situation, just more of an awkward laughter in general. Um, so, like, you know, it's sort of just like it was sort of just that fact in the back of my head. But I couldn't necessarily sit here and say, like, well, I can't watch this series anymore because it's like, well, I don't know who this person was until, like, last year. Yeah. And this, yeah, this is a kind of a hard thing. If this is going to make or break the season for you, um, no hard feelings. So, yeah. And I think, but also just is also important to remember that, like. I know this has a tendency to happen where people are just like treat the actor like they are their character. Um, Which obviously, yeah, no one's saying that you have to watch the series if you can't, you know, if you can't make that separation over what happened. No, totally understandable. But, you know, you can't also say like, you know, Shane Clark did this. I'm like, no, that was his actor. That was Pua. Yeah. So. Oof. I don't. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, and the reason why we really didn't bring up on Wild Force is because, um, it's very, it's a little sketchy on kind of the details of what happened with it. It definitely sounded like it was a self-defense situation with a overzealous DA. Right. But, like, this was actually, like, you know, he died, then, um... A couple months later, because of how New Zealand is, like, the stuff came out about his death. 
Right. Yeah. So we just kind of wanted to touch on that real quick in terms of moving uh, forward with this. Uh, with this. So that heavy disclaimer out of the way. Let's talk about Shane Clark, the Red Wind Ranger. So, uh, yeah, Shane in this series is definitely a himbo and he shares a single brain cell with Dustin. <laughs> That's pretty, yeah, he, he pretty much is just, uh, he, he really kind of is d- like a dumb himbo. Big, a little bit kind of, uh, I think, a l- like Dustin's definitely more reserved, I think, than Shane. Right, but Sh- Shane's definitely like I share a brain cell with this man. Sometimes I'm smarter, but I share a brain cell. Tori has all the brain cells, though. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. And like Shane's main interests are being a ninja, but also <clears throat> <clears throat> I'm gonna do a dramatic reading of this. <clears throat> he was a skater boy, and she said, "See you later, boy." Really, Skyla died and gave him a battleizer. <laughs> Also, as a side note, can we just briefly talk about Skyla's jeans? Like, what was going on with that? Oh, like I, I scrubbed that from my memory. No, uh, no, I can't. The early two thousands is what happened to those jeans. Jesus Christ! Exactly. <laughs> like, oh my God, it was just a jean monstrosity. Which you know, <laughs> we'll talk a little bit about the uh, the fashion of this series later. But I just wanted to really just I just wanted to touch on that for a hot second while we were talking about her. But moving on. Yeah, that's how I got his battleizer was this alien he met as a kid, like, chose him because she, like, he freed her from a spider's web, and uh, when she died, she had to pass her power on, so she chose him, and um, that's why he has a battleizer. Yeah, which is just really interesting to think about, because it's just like, because basically the implication there is that, like, the the alien planet that she comes from, like, they know that they're going to die at a very young age when they're born. Which, okay, makes enough sense. But, like, you know, so, but they have to choose somebody to pass their power on to. And she says, oh, well, the fact that you're a power ranger is a plus. So I guess the power just manifested itself as a battleizer. Okay. But, like, what else, but, like, how else does it manifest itself if, like, the person is not a power ranger? Somebody else gets muscle titty armor, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean... <laughs> I will say the muscle titty armor this season looked way better than the muscle titty armor from In Space. Oh my god. That's, a, again, a very low bar. Yeah, yeah. I mean... Mm. Yikes. <laughs> yeah, his, his biggest character growth really more or less came about when... Uh, he, he had a couple of episodes that was like, stop being a competitive dick. What with, like, the first kind of team episode where he had, you know, this is a motif in Power Rangers. I feel like starting from here, we're just like, somebody needs to learn how to work as a team. Right. And then later when, like, Hunter joined, they had, like, a big pissing contest. Right. So, like, yeah, his entire thing was just him having to, like, yeah, he still had a very competitive nature as the series went on, but he had to learn to be, like... You know, let's be less like, I want to be better than you. Rawr! Do things on my own manly shit. I'm so manly. Ugh. Ugh. And how how else can I prove I'm manly if I'm not good enough, like, next to the other manly dude next to me? Ah. Which I, I don't know if I would call Dustin, quote, quote, manly, but, like, you know. What about Hunter? You get, like, uh, not with that hair. <laughs> <laughs> Hunter 
really did look like he was gonna, like, be in a, like, bro emo band. Right. Like, like Taking Back Sunday. Right. <laughs> oh, my God. But, but yeah, it's like, that episode with Hunter, though, was very much gay, I felt. Like, they, they, they fucked at the end of it, I felt. Oh, yeah. definitely. Yeah, 100%. And then, like, another big thing that, like, you noted, Sid, was that, like, the episode with his brother was definitely kind of his, like, coming-of-age moment. Yeah. Um, which I feel like is, like, you saw more of his character there than you had, like, the rest of the season. Yeah. Because, you know, his he was nervous about his brother. Um, the monster tied into those nerves, especially since before, like... Like, when he ran into his brother to talk, because his brother was there for, like, a business conference, uh, which I guess it felt like it kind of, they retconned the kids there, the kids there to maybe be college age, because Dustin's father also visited at one point, which, thank God they're college age. But yeah, it was just kind of visiting Shane, and he's like, well, you know, you are, you're no longer a child, you know, what are you doing? You're still skateboarding, and Shane couldn't talk about, oh, I'm a Power Ranger, and I've been going through so much this year, mm-hmm. and, um... And then, like, the monster just showed you the, your biggest fear, and to Shane, it was just disappointing his brother and not being good enough like him. And even though his brother, like, found out, like, Shane was a Power Ranger, they kind of met where his brother also was like, uh, you know, I feel like I'm just being too hard on you, and you're hating your life because of that, and that's that's on me. Right, because, like, I think he said that, like, his what he saw when the monster, like, collared him was you know fearing that like shane would be unhappy with his life and just sort of assume that like oh well shane will be happy if he does exactly what i do which like by the way his whole like thing about him being a businessman just felt like princess unikitty like pretending to be all business <laughs> from the lego movie so like kids i was just the kids yeah. understand. <laughs> yeah business 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 numbers numbers is this working? <laughs> um, and uh, are also like not to make another reference back to back, but just also Vincent Adultman from BoJack Horseman <laughs> about like I, I did a business like because children like guys are like children don't understand business, but they understand the basics of business because they probably have parents who might work in business. It's like definitely this man is dressed in a suit and talking about going to a lunch meeting. So yes, he is business. I mean, I still don't know what my mom does. Or my dad, for that matter. <laughs> my dad's just a vibing solar punk in, like, Texas. I know. <laughs> anyway. So we've talked a little bit about her. So I guess kind of moving on to, like, Tori, who is the Blue Wind Ranger. Um, So she's got, like... As we noted here, she's kind of got a little bit of not like most girls energy because, like, she's light of the sur- she's the surfer girl of the team. She's also the only girl on the team. Yeah. Um. But like the twist of her is that she does want to be seen as girly. Uh. And as what I particularly noted, she has a bit of Sailor Jupiter vibes, where like, yeah, she's this like, you know, she's this bodacious surfer babe who isn't like most girls. But, like, she still wants you to recognize the fact that she is a girl and, like, wants to go on dates and be seen as pretty. Yeah. Like, her her first character episode was basically around that, where, like, Shane was talking to, like, a surfer guy on the beach, 
And apparently he was just inquiring about Tori and Shane just completely was like, didn't understand that, hey, Tori might have been into him. Maybe you should have like said, hey, this is who she is if you want to go talk to her. And it it was just kind of this whole revolving around like Shane and Dustin being like, you're like a guy girl. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. (laughs) And um, I think that was just all that was very much kind of a thing that I feel like a lot of like, especially the not like most girls vibe for like the early 2000s comes from is that like in series like this, you would have a character who was kind of who's a girl character that was kind of treated like one of the guys but like since they like they're since such she's seen as quote quote one of the guys they just sort of felt they were just so very incapable of seeing the fact that like you know maybe she does want to actually kiss guys that aren't these two yeah don't be such a beaver damn damn (laughs) (laughs) oh man (laughs) i'm gonna use that Yeah, it's just, um, and, like, like, like the episode was, no, like, you're good. yeah, no, you're good. Like, and then, like, when she got the photo shoot, they almost opened their mouths about it, like, isn't that for really pretty girls? And then, like, she was like, yeah, and so, and then they, they got the message, oh, no, we're making it worse. We're gonna walk away now. Yeah. But, yeah, so she is typically shown as the responsible one with multiple brain cells, like, you know, she's the one who who drives them around in her not Volkswagen. Yeah. Um, the you know, Sir, Sir logo not appearing in this, but definitely a <laughs> Volkswagen. Yeah, so she's the one who drives them everywhere. She's the one who, like, uses her ranger powers the most outside of, like, being a ranger. Typically, like, there was one episode where she, you know, used it irresponsibly to, like, go between a movie date and, like, Shane's, like, skate competition. Yeah. Uh, but then, like, you know, there are the times that she used her ranger powers to get herself out of, like, scrapes. Like, uh, like the time that her- she used them to get her and Dustin to stop being tied up in, like, the- That was, like, was the genetic modified vegetable episode. Yeah. That's mostly what I remember about it. And then, like, also using it to escape, like, that camera trap when, you know, during the photo shoot episode. Yeah. Um, she's also a little bit of the mom friend, I guess. Oh, yeah. Which, that was definitely a problem for a lot of, like, action shows for a while. Like, I I remember, like, uh, I remember, like, one year at Heroes Con, Kelly Sue kind of ranted about that with how um, Carol was shown in the Marvel superhero show for a really long time, which is, like, kind of the, the, the Marvel, like, cartoon that's aimed at really little kids. Mm-hmm. Is that Carol was always seen as the mom. Because she was kind of the scold being like, oh, you boys better not go and do that, which is a problem overall for a lot of, like, kids shows. Is that sometimes the one girl character is basically the one scolding the boys and telling them not to have fun. Whereas, like, no, like, Carol Danvers is a, is a daredevil and you have our, like, our one girl character in Ninja Storm is a surfer. Like, I don't know. I feel, I, yeah, I feel like that's just sort of symptomatic of a lot of different things that happen in children's media. And it certainly didn't help that this is the first season in a 
like ever of Power Rangers where there's only one girl character mm-hmm. yeah. uh, as a main character in the show. Yeah, and then it's like oftentimes when there's like one girl, there's often I think there's only one season where the like where it has the one girl ranger where the other person is around their age. Uh the right. other girl is and I think that's Jungle Fury, where it's normally if there's only one girl ranger, they have, like, an older woman character in the series, like Kelly. Uh, next season, I think, is Haley. Um, that's often kind of a thing that goes on with that. And it's often yeah. a very motherly role, like you said. Right. And as soon as you mentioned that, I remember, like, the episode where they were out late, and, like, Tori's like, hey, I'm trying to do homework here. Right. Also, the, that just reminds me about how, like, sensei was all like hey what were you guys doing up late on a school night i'm like what the fuck you're not their actual dad right and plus the fact that we never actually see them at school so it's like are they just in college like what's the vibe what's the- i feel like they were in community college probably yeah uh and then um it's kind of interesting with like with shane has the skateboarding i guess to represent air she was the water ninja, so she got to be the surfer girl. Yeah, and as, as we kind of talked about, is that her character focus episodes were an attempt to kind of do the quote quote girl narratives, and they could uh, they could vary in quality yeah. very much. Like I definitely like the first one they did, and then like the one, and this this ties into another thing we're going to talk about. The one where she's like, oh, obviously Blake's going out with another girl. I'm jealous, even though we're not dating, and makes a total fool of herself because it's like, no, it's just like a trainer Blake knows. Right, it's like, you could have just talked to him like a normal person, but no, we gotta do like the heterosexuality tropes, even though nobody in this series ever kisses. Yeah. Uh, like We're just gonna complain about this for like, the next two years is how nobody in Power Rangers kisses. Like after, I, I swear to God, I guess parents got upset about Kimberly and 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 Tommy kissing. Wait for real? I'm guessing because all of a sudden, like after that, nobody kisses. It's like you'll have these romances, but there's no one ever kisses. <laughs> and like, it, like other series, it's like okay, whatever. That's just annoying. But it was especially annoying in Time Force, <laughs> where they they didn't get to kiss, and you're like, what the fuck? These two, it's like you do this whole emotional send off, and nobody kisses. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, we have uh, Tori and Blake, which is just mostly awkward flirting. <laughs> right. It's like, were they even a relationship at the end? Nobody knows. Yeah. Just more or less like, hey, uh, I'll catch your motocross shows. <laughs> it's like, sure, I guess. Uh, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, the, the heterosexuality this season, I think we could talk more with that with Blake, because that's what Blake's character mostly came into play. Right. But, uh, <laughs> it definitely was, like, I didn't like it as a 15-year-old, and I was still pretty, like... Like, I don't want to say it was a part of Sesshead culture, but I definitely still had a lot of that, like, innate feeling of Sesshead culture. Right. Of just defaulting to it. And, like, looking looking back, it's like, wow, I didn't even fall for this. I'm like, this is fucking dumb. Right. <laughs> and I, I think we wanted to talk also about the other Dimension episode with Tori. Oh, my God. 
Uh, that actually low-key might be one of my favorite episodes of the season. <laughs> so good. Where, like, she ends up in, like, another dimension or, like, either she was knocked out and, like, had a dream. Um, but, like, she basically goes to another dimension where all the monsters are good people just trying to live their lives. And Lothor's the mayor of the town. And the Power Rangers are evil and just trying to fuck shit up. My, my favorite thing about this whole <laughs> verse was the fact Cam was the very stupid one and Dustin was the very smart one. Right? Oh my god! That's how you knew he was evil. <laughs> this Cam is dumb. <laughs> it's like, man, what was truly missing was some really bad facial hair. I'm sad it never got bad facial hair. Like they could they could have just like put it on everybody with uh bad makeup and bad CGI on Sensei cuz he he they just put a weird filter on the guinea pig. Right. <laughs> um but yeah, I just wonder like if it was going to another dimension did like the other Tori temporarily swap and she was just going around in like a crop top and being a major bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. It's like wow, this Tori is different. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh, but yeah, I just love the whole like. It seems like the actors who were playing the monsters in that episode were having a lot of fun. Oh yeah. <laughs> Especially like Mara and Capri's actresses just getting to be like total hippies. We're oh, <laughs> <laughs> moonshot. Well, I forgot their names, but it was just such hippie hippie nonsense, and I loved it. Yeah, those are those are definitely hippies that care about the peak hour of consciousness. <laughs> Keeping that joke alive on this podcast, absolutely. <laughs> oh my goodness, peak hour of consciousness. So yeah, I'll tell you about that one later, Joe. Okay. <laughs> but uh, going on from like, well, we'll click the touch up on that. It also had kind of that girl plot where like the reason why she kind of had the the like bump on the head and and it was all a dream possibly for it was mm-hmm. because like a bunch like she did you know a surfer thing and a bunch of dudes were like oh yeah that was cool for a girl yeah. and she got pissed and went back in the water and and, and flopped or or whatever it yeah, is I- surfing wipe out yeah, considering the fact that, like, was it Zergain was there, or was it Moto, whatever his name was? Either way, one of the monsters was there, and I think basically manipulated it that she either fell into another dimension, or just gave her, like, a bad dream that, like, she possibly may not wake up from. I don't know, it was a little unclear. It was a little, like, yeah, it was, like, Zergain or, like, Motodrone. I know Shimatsu was there randomly. Right. Um... And I guess we'll we'll move on to I think our star character for this podcast <laughs> yes is Waldo Dustin Brooks the Yellow Wind Ranger. I, I Joe, I'm going to let you introduce him since you wrote this note down. Okay, so he's a saxophone dirt bike himbo. Mm-hmm. And it's as John Waters once said, sometimes cute and stupid are enough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is. That is 100% Dustin's vibe. He's just, <laughs> he is cute, but he is stupid. They, when they introduced, uh, when Sensei basically gave the big introduction of who they were and, and with their powers, he was like, Dustin, child of the earth. And I'm like, oh yeah, more ways than one. 
And still, <laughs> I forgot this quote, but it's still my favorite Dustin quote ever. And it's, why is the sky see-through? No, he's like, why is the sky blue? Shouldn't it be see-through? Yeah, shouldn't it be see-through? And it goes into it's like, ah, well, you know, air see-through. So why is it the sky see-through? <laughs> I feel like we'd have bigger problems if the sky was see-through, Dustin, but okay. And uh, kind of with that is like his character focus uh, episodes was more of dealing kind of like, I guess, child-like like, nature of like, ni- na- the naivety of it. Which I don't think is a bad thing, like, but it's, like, definitely the, oh, being over-trusting, and don't let things go to your head, um, because, like, the one, oh, God, the, the skeezy dirt bike guy that wasn't skeezy, but you're supposed to believe he was. Especially with that mullet. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, did you remember that mullet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, def- he definitely looked like he sold drugs, so. A little bit. Yeah. And it turns out, like, no, he's just a guy who likes having a mullet. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, and but it was the same episode where, like, Mara's evil, or, like, fakes being good and stuff. Uh, and then, like, the, the, the don't let things go to your head is that episode, like, that one episode where, like, he saves storm charges at the shop he works at from a robbery, and then all of a sudden everyone loves him, and he becomes a celebrity, and then he has, you know, what they normally do at the celebrity arc, where now he's a diva. Yeah, which, like, I mean, I guess good on them for not putting that episode on, you know, their one girl character, because typically they've just put that on the women characters in the past, but then, like, I don't know how this ends up being, like, it's not just a Power Rangers thing, but, like, Power, it feels like Power Rangers definitely does that, like, that plot line at least once a season. (laughs) I think, Ashley, you said this, so I'll let you say it real quick. <clears throat> yes. <clears throat> Dustin Brooks is Chuck Taylor the wrestler without the depression. <laughs> There's no other way to describe him. Like both in looks and intelligence. <laughs> like though Chucky e. T might be a little bit smarter. <laughs> yeah, like Dustin Brooks would definitely just tweet in the middle of the night just something about Whatever the fuck Chucky e. T t- like tweets about sometimes it's sort of weird. Yeah, <laughs> it's like now I'm just imagining like Dustin giving Sensei depression or something like that. Like, well, it happened with Okada. <laughs> it's like Okada hung out with uh, Chucky e. T once, and then all of a sudden he was depressed for like six <laughs> months. That was a great time in NJPW. I miss it. <laughs> just Sensei starts time balloons to himself because of Dustin. <laughs> Right. Uh, also, um, also, I just knew you would like this guy because it's like, oh, you love soft bros so much. You're gonna love Dustin. And you were right. Yeah, when I was rewatching the great. show, it was like, oh god, this is what I'm into. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh god. Yeah, it's he. He is just the quintessential, just adorable, very loving himbo. Right, I just want to, like, pet his hair and teach him about craft beer and feminist theory. (laughs) (laughs) He'd probably really listen to you and get really passionate about feminist theory. Right, you know? Just go up to Taurus like, wow, I didn't know the patriarchy was a thing! (laughs) Oh, God. I'm so sorry, Tor! (laughs) I definitely shouldn't have called you a guy, girl! 
<laughs> Tor's like, I'm over that, but okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I guess. Uh, but yeah, he's he's not a total idiot because it's shown he's a good mechanic. Uh, he's very empathic, all this stuff. But he, he's definitely like the ADHD boy who does not understand time or object permanence. That episode where he like lost the <laughs> disc. I'm just like, I've been there. Right, because he didn't realize until like a day or two later <laughs> that his book pack was missing, and I'm like, I've fucking been there. <laughs> Like too real, <laughs> too real, too real. But we we love him. It, it, it's really weird. Like re, like I loved him when I first watching this, but rewatching this, I'm like, I love you more. One hundred percent. I think it's that whole theory about like you know when you when you've had too many bad boyfriends or something, you just tend to latch on to like sweet men who are dumb. <laughs> Because it's like, yeah, that that last one I had, Ashley, he he was definitely one of those, like, I'm a smart man. Ew. Yeah, I remember. He Ugh. sucked. Yeah, he sucked. We hate him. I and now I'm him, like, I, I love him. I probably spit on him. I don't know. Fuck, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, you deserve it. You, you've guessed correctly. <laughs> yes. Yes, you guessed correctly. That guy definitely deserves it. And uh, no, I'm I'm just glad he's he's gone. And you know, I I'm guessing he's having a crisis over the fact that Teslas keep exploding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he would. <laughs> and, and it's like, yeah, no. Now now I'm like, yes, I see what the appeal is for sweet men who are just dumb and sweet. Even though my current partner is not really dumb, he's very incredibly sweet. It's like, hey, you know. Sometimes one out of two ain't bad. Yeah. Now we're going on to more himbos. This season has a lot of himbos. Yeah, it's like it's it's four himbos, one really smart dude, one really smart girl, and a guinea pig. Yeah. And um the Thunder Rangers, which Joe, you called the revenge himbos. So Yep. <laughs> I I also yeah. love your notes here if you want to take off talking about those before we get break down into their characters uh so my only note that i added here was their parents are dead <laughs> their parents are very that's basically the crux of them their parents are dead yeah yeah it's not it's not something they talk about every episode but definitely when they're first introduced their entire vibe is just as darkness no parents <laughs> second lego movie reference in this episode damn <laughs> um Something we kind of noted was they definitely got the short end of the character stick, to, started to stick character development wise, which is a yeah. which is a first kind of a first in Power Rangers because normally it's just like women who 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 have that happen to, and then men characters we don't care about. But I think we kind of cared about Hunter and Blake a little bit. Yeah, because it's like it they do have a sympathetic plot line of like you know, their parents died and, like, they believe that it's the fault of, you know, the Wind Rangers and, like, you know, they kind of have to go through this whole trusting thing, but, like, once they join the team, nah, <laughs> nothing else happens. Nothing. Just occasionally brought up grief or something or heterosexuality, but other than that, nothing. Uh, they, right. They, they are himbos in the fact they would definitely fall for a chain letter fishing scam because of that one... <laughs> That what up? Ep- that was the entire plot of kind of B plot of a one episode. Or like, hey, they they were asking, you know, hey, can we use our ninja powers to go see the sick relative? 
And it's like, you don't know this relative at all. Yeah, but like, Sensei like was like, okay, that's fine. And then it turned out to be like Mara and Capri. Which now I just wonder if like Sensei just let them do it just so, like, because they had to learn the hard way. <laughs> Get your bank account ruined. I don't care. <laughs> I mean, the real grandmother did show up at the end, but it was pretty funny. Right. It's, yeah, it just reminds me. It's like, you know, you gotta let the kid, like, touch his hand on the stove to learn to never touch his hand on the stove. Yeah. Uh, I guess we're gonna kind of go into the brother, the dumb brothers here, uh, which is Hunter Bradley, which is the Crimson Thunder Ranger. Uh, the one we talked about that looked like he would definitely be in a Taking Back Sunday band knockoff thing. <laughs> right. Just definitely in a cover band of that. Uh, one of the things we noted that despite being the oldest brother, he was definitely the dumbest and felt like the youngest brother. Yeah. Like. I would definitely agree to that. I think I'm around only children, so I'm, I'm gonna, I guess, talk about being sort of the younger sibling is, uh, you're definitely kind of more fiery and want to prove yourself and often get kind of angry when you're a child. Mm-hmm. Just from the vibes of Hunter. And uh, yeah, Hunter kind of gave that offer as like Blake was a little bit more wise and caring. Right. So. <laughs> I'll just take your word for it. Yeah. And that, that normally like goes into TV on how like that dynamic is. It's normally the older of the siblings are more caring and thoughtful or the younger one's like hot headed and will like punch a bear. <laughs> but they did the opposite for this. Uh, right. He is a pretty angsty boy, probably going along with that emo thing. Right. But yeah, he's just, the main thing is he's just super direct as a person. <laughs> like, the first time we meet him, he's just like, hey, Dustin, this is why you suck. <laughs> yeah, like, I definitely got that vibe of him just being like, you know, he he gets in trouble most of the time because he doesn't know when to shut his mouth. Yeah. It's like, no tact on that boy. He has no tact. He's, like, he got a similar personality to Shane. I think a little bit more razored edge, though. Right. Much like his, you know, layered haircut. Right. Which I think is part of the reason that they clash when they first, like, really team up. Is because they have very similar personalities and they're both trying to be the alpha male when it's like, boys, please, you're both pretty. You're both pretty. <laughs> We don't have really much about Hunter except he's very protective and very kind of dumb. And it was just kind of like, for once, a man got the short end of the stick of development. And again, we don't hate him. I'm like Lucas and Rocky, who are just like, those guys suck. Yeah, he's just kind of there. He's vibing. You know, he gets his own battleizer. That's just a souped up bike. Yeah, he's just a per- good protector himbo. And there's just not much yeah. there. And um, now we go on to Blake, who is the Navy Thunder Ranger, uh, who, yeah, has the brain cells. And I just thought of this, I think it's because even though he is technically supposed to be the younger brother of the two, the actor was a decent bit older than the than the actor played Hunter. Right. So I think that kind of more or less a little bit older vibe kind of came out of him. Right. Uh, than, like, Hunter's actor, so... Yeah, he's just a little less angsty. Um, he speaks for Hunter because Hunter's more or less a direct asshole and heterosexuality, but he was the one that got the short end of the stick. He was just kind of there to be Tori's love interest. Right. Yeah, and... <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me. Yeah. Yeah, because it's just like, yeah, I'm trying to think of what else happens to him besides, like, really outside of his any of his plots with 
a hunter besides that i'm like no i'm struggling to really think of it yeah they mostly revolve around like tori like the t- i th- the love potion episode Mm-hmm. where uh, him and Cam accidentally ingest a love potion. I think it was the same episode as the TV show, too. Yeah, it's, that episode was just very busy. It's a very busy <laughs> episode, and uh, they, fa- they they see Tori, and they fall in love with her, because originally it was Mara and Capri were trying to get a ranger to fall in love with them, and it's, you know, they drunk the potion and saw Tori for or Cam and Blake saw Tori first, and they had a love rivalry, and I'm sorry, the 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 ratchet, like, the, the wrench set was reminded me of your dad. Okay, just so just to explain this to everybody else, then to not think that it's weird. It's hilarious, though. Uh, so when I first moved into my current place in Chattanooga, uh, I was really strapped for, like, supplies. Uh, just because I, it was an unexpected thing where I had moved into a room in a house and then had to move out six weeks later. Um, but yeah, so, but I got an apartment, uh, that I've been living in since. Um, and one of the things I asked for was cause the place I had moved from, um, in Georgia, I just, we just used our roommates tools and I didn't have any tools when I moved. Uh, so, uh, and this was close to Christmas, so my dad was just like, oh, well, you know, what do you want for Christmas? I'm like, I'll just send, I'll just update my Amazon wish list. I need some houseware stuff, so I'll just send it to you. And one of the things I put on there was, like, kind of just a small tool set where, like, it was, like, you know, some basics, like, some screwdrivers and a couple of wrenches, all that. It was, it was basically one of those, like, fold-up ones that you could just open and just slide it, you know, in your car or wherever. Right. And so, yeah, the small tool set is what I asked for. And then I go see my dad and my stepmom for Christmas. And one of the things that they got me (laughs) was a toolbox with all different types of screwdrivers and, like, a hammer and a couple other different tools. And I'm like, thanks, dad, but I asked for a small tool set. And he's like, this is a small tool set. Aww. it's a it's a very dad vibe <laughs> yes it was like the most it was one of the most dad things my dad has done in a while <laughs> i was like no i still very grateful for it i use it but like i did have to buy my own ratchet like wrench set re- like last year but um that was mostly for other reasons that is not me saying that my dad inefficiently gave me a tool set it's like no i got what i needed it was just bigger than i expected but my dad <laughs> s- insists that it was still small <laughs> Yeah, it's just, uh, it's like, Blake got the most dad gift, and then, like, the other was also very equally daddish, because it was like, Acme face wash! Right. (laughs) Um, but yeah, this is kind of like, he's just awkward around Tori, uh, and everything, and, um, it just, he just ends up going, doing the extreme sports thing as his ending, where everyone else became a teacher. Right. <laughs> yeah, I feel like he's the only like him and like wait, did Hunter like stay behind it for yeah. the Thunder Ninja Academy? Yeah, he did. He became uh he said it's like, Oh man, Sensei Omno just made me uh, a teacher here. Yeah, it's it's like it's a little depressing. Not to say that like, okay, if they just changed their mind and like decided to become teachers, okay, fine, whatever. But it was like kind of a little depressing that like Blake's the only one that like gets to follow through on any of the dreams he talked about. Yeah. 
Especially since, like, he was a very dedicated ninja. Right. Like, he he, he was learning one of, like, like a special, like, uh, a special uh, weapon. Right. Wi- within uh, within their academy and everything. It was just kind of like, no, I'm gonna go be a motocross dude. I'm like, cool. Bye. 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 <laughs> it's like, okay, that, sure. I guess. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Um. Oh, go ahead. I-, I was like gonna say it's like we get to our six ranger, uh, samurai ranger because why not? That was a rude mix. I I don't know how to go into the complexities of this, but samurais and ninjas, n- samurai and ninja are very two different things. Yeah. Yep. Does not really make sense, but okay. Go off, queen. <laughs> And that is uh, Cameron Cam Watanabe, uh, who is the Green Ranger in this. And, like, uh, he was my favorite. I just latched on to the snarky jerk with dad issues when I first watched the show. Yeah. Oh, God. So, uh, Sid sent me a photo that I am going to insist that we put in the show notes (laughs) of them dressed as Cam for Halloween. And... It's great. Um, also, you know, it was the 2000s, and I'm not trying to get points, but I do know cosplayers are like, I'm gonna yellow face shit, and oh, uh, that never crossed my mind. I just put purple hair dye in my hair, because I couldn't find black. Oh. <laughs> That's all I did. And also, to cosplayers out there, why? Yeah. And I say again, why? why? You're like of a fifteen that didn't cross the mind of a fifteen-year-old trying to make a Halloween costume, right? Um, but also, I could not find the Cybercam picture. Sadly, yeah, is that you also dressed up like Cybercam at school on your to school? That one was to school. <laughs> oh, honey. <laughs> <sighs> It's like, you also want to just mention the Oscar thing to Joe while he's here? Oh, yeah, where I just, like, I I literally, like, dressed up as Oscar from Evangelion my freshman year a lot. Oh, boy. Like, the skull outfit. <laughs> not, oh, not, boy. Yeah. Not the plug suit, but the skull outfit. Wow. Yeah, I was a... I was a weird teenager, but you know what? You were a weeb. Yeah, I was a weeb, but that's okay, you know? I mean, so was I. I just wanted to, like, I just wanted to embarrass you. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just, again, find it funny to, like, like, I guess I just wanted the shade on cosplayers who just defend the shit. Right. And it's like, again, I'm not trying to get cookies. I'm just like, really? Like, that passes through nobody's mind except yours. Yeah. So shade on cosplayers aside. <laughs> yeah, he was just, he was a snarky asshole and I loved him. Yeah, so, like, before we, like, a year before we even watched this series, uh, Sid was telling me, on a drive back from Chattanooga, I think, about how, like, the actor who plays Cam was, like, he lied about his age when he auditioned for Power Rangers. Oh, Yeah, and, like, so, and it comes across when he plays the character, because, like, he's this, like, Cam is supposed to be, like, in his young 20s, like, maybe out of college, but not, like you know, maybe like 23, 24. And so he's supposed to be this young 20-something, but he's played by young 30-something, and it absolutely shows because he's just constantly done with 
all of these youngsters With shit everyone. <laughs> and everybody's shit. He's just like, I'm done here. He's like, done with. Especially like the dad issue stuff that comes up with him and uh, Sensei uh, is because he's just like, Dad, I'm grown. Stop treating me like a child. I don't know why Not a Girl, Not Yet a Woman by Britney Spears pops in my head. (laughs) Just imagining Cam singing that. Right? Like, it's karaoke night and he's really in his feelings. He's really, really in his feelings. This is his first karaoke night, too. Right, because he doesn't go out and do things. Uh, but yeah, he was he was just kind of the snarky tech guy that kind of grew on the Rangers. Like when they first went when like they were kind of more or less first hinting at these are gonna be the Rangers. He was like, Really, Dad? Them Right. They're idiots. <laughs> yeah. We're dead. Uh, but he was kind of the the rarity in the season of the fact that he's not the Red Ranger, but he's kind of the main character. Yeah, so like that rarely oh, ever happens with Power Rangers. I feel like ever since we've kind of had like a main character, like they try to have like a main character in Power Rangers most of the time, it is the Red Ranger. But like Cam's the one that gets to go through like a huge emotional journey, like throughout the season to like becoming like more than he is. Like he he has that whole like there must be something more than this provincial life. <laughs> Oh my god, he's Belle. Or he's no. a Disney bitch, oh no. <laughs> like the, he's, their, he's the princess of the season, I guess. <laughs> he's the Disney princess. I was like, it just it started coming out of my mouth and I had to finish. <laughs> but yeah, so he has angst with his dad because his dad won't let him become a Power Ranger. He has angst over his dead mom. Because one, he didn't get to know her, and two, she's apparently keeping him from being a Power Ranger due to wishes like she made before she died. And then there's even though oh, go ahead. that's like a yeah, that, that's like a big point between he and his father is his father's like I want to keep that promise, and Cam's like I'm I'm old I'm older now I'm an adult. Yeah, it's like treat me like an adult, and it feels like he's actually an adult, not just being like I'm not 16 anymore. I'm I'm 16. I'm not a child. It's like honey. It's like, no, he actually feels like an adult who's, like, just wants to be taken seriously, which, been there. Um, and then, like, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, like, the time travel and all that. Yeah, no, that was also what I was gonna say, so, yeah. I I kinda wanna talk, like, I I kept the secret of Lothor being Cam's uncle and Sensei Kanoi's twin brother from you. So your reaction was great. Yeah, I so I had even skimmed the Wikipedia page mostly to get episode titles and somehow just missed this fact that is blatantly on there entirely. And it gets there and all of a sudden he's like, like, oh, I'm going to change my name. I'm going to be Lothor. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, it's a good twist for Power Rangers. It, it really was. Um... And also, like, the build- Oh, God, it was so interesting. The the build-up to this was there was- Because this is my first time being, like, in the fandom. I'll talk about it later. Right. But it was so funny. I guess looking back to me, so funny to me that it was obvious to me as a 15-year-old they were going to go with Cam as the Green Ranger because they had this huge campaign on, on ABC Family of the Sixth Ranger and who is it going to be and all that. 
And they even, like, because they had, like, beforehand Power Rangers Generations come on before that, where it was just, like, greatest hits of previous seasons. They did, like, even a uh, marathon of Six Rangers to build up to this. Mm-hmm. And everyone, like, was, there's a lot of people who are convinced it was going to be Kelly. Okay. <laughs> the fuck? I am not fucking kidding. There was a good portion of Ranger board. It was like, oh, it's probably going to be Kelly. Like, she wears green and stuff. Yeah, so does Cam. What the fuck, guys? And I'm like, so does Cam. And the whole thing feels like it's building up for Cam, especially his whole character arc with his father of, I want to be more than just support. I want more than, than what you can provide for me. I am an adult now. So I'm just like, he has a character arc there. Where are you getting this from? And these people were like in their 20s. Yeah, it was being broadcast Jesus. pretty hard. Or sorry, not broadcast. Telegraphed pretty hard that Cam was going to be the Sixth Ranger. Like from the start. Like, I've never seen this series before we watched it. And I could tell Cam was going to be a fucking ranger. <laughs> it just goes to show that people really don't know how to read media sometimes. Uh-huh. And, like, even shows like this where just, it's obvious, like, even for people who are, like, okay at reading media, like myself, mm-hmm. uh, and definitely at 15, I was definitely nowhere near the way I am now, like, I could pick up on it, but yet other people are like, oh, it's probably gonna be Kelly or something. Yeah, I- Jesus. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, as we mentioned with Cam, is that he has dad issues, but not, like- Ryan Steele dad issues. Oh, thank fucking Christ. Oh, God, yeah. And so, like, yeah, his dad's still alive and is near him, but, like, he exists as a guinea pig, and, like, it's, it's you know, it causes problems because, you know, he wants his, like, what he had with his dad back, but he's also, like, conflicting with his dad over what his life should be. Yeah. So, like, I, I feel like it's it's, especially compared to... Ryan Steele is a more nuanced dad issue. I mean, as nuanced as Power Rangers can really get. (laughs) Yeah, Cam's not going on Grindr searching for daddies. (laughs) Oh, God. It's like, because Cam's smarter than that. (laughs) (laughs) Whereas, yeah, it feels like definitely also, like, Cam's issue with it is more or less, Cam and his father more or less are definitely like, I am an adult now. Can you please treat me as such? And I think we've, like, a lot of us have gone through that with our parents. Of once we hit that young adult phase, they don't, like, I, I don't think anyone's ever prepared how to handle it. Yeah. Like, I had a talk about my mom with this recently. Is that, like, I moved back in with her for about a year, year and a half after I graduated from college. And she still wanted to treat me like I was a teenager. And she was fresh off the divorce. And so, like, I had lived in college with another roommate for... I lived with the same roommate in college for three of the four years I was there. So, like, we had a vibe. We had a thing. We we functioned pretty well. And so, and, uh, and so I moved in with my mom, and she doesn't know how to treat me like a roommate. She keeps treating me like I'm a teenager. And so we we talked about that recently and we, you know, we kind of hashed it out a little bit and she said, you know, her boyfriend even admitted that parents just do that because like his mom, well into his thirties, like when he was working as a bouncer would just be like, 
wait up for him to come back. And it's like, he works all night. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that is a, that is a very universal struggle. I believe is just being like trying to get your parents to understand, like, I'm not a kid anymore. I'm an adult. Yeah. Can you please understand that? <laughs> yeah. It's uh, cause I think like parents still want to protect their kids, no matter what, if they are very close to them. Right. And, I think it's it's something I've kind of looked at getting older, right. and and everything is just you still want to protect your kid, and that's what my mom and dad did, but it's like they didn't know how to handle get me getting older, right? Um, yeah, and I think that's like that that is kind of the core conflict with Sensei and Cam is just that like he does have a hard time letting go, um, just because one, he feels like he would be betraying his wife, but like Cam is all that he has left as well. Yeah, I guess on a on a less serious note, let's talk about cyber. Kids. Yes. Oh God. <laughs> um. So as kind of noted, is that he kind of program like Cam programmed Cybercam to kind of well one help out around the center so he could actually get out of the house more. Yeah, and, and also do ranger duties and stuff like that. So. Yeah, so, like, and he kind of programs, well, one, he specifically programs Cam to be a massive himbo. Cyber Cam to be a massive himbo. He'd be a massive himbo, yeah. <laughs> just just knows knows how to program sports, liking cars, and talking to girls, because we can't say fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so it's just like, yeah, so he's programmed Cybercam to do all of these things. And also Cybercam gets overzealous and, like, ties him up and puts him in a closet when he's first, like, made. That everybody just thinks that, like, Cam was cloned by Lothor. <laughs> well, first I just thought Cam was having a new, like, thing on life. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, no, you're a clone from Lothor. And it's like, oh, no. Cam programmed you as a computer program, and you just are, like, very excited to be alive. <laughs> just so much you tied up, tied up, uh, Cam. I guess that the question is, would Cam fuck Cyber Cam? Because this is- <laughs> Yeah, <it's... laughs> This is something I always tend to ask. <laughs> My own clone, no, neither of us will be virgins. <laughs> it's it's again it's the it's the uh it's the buzzfeed poll of would you fuck your clone <laughs> i feel like that is just a constant thing i i just want to bring up in our podcast whenever this shows up is like what this person fuck their clone <laughs> discuss <laughs> this discuss what cam fuck cyber cam i think cyber cam would fuck cam though yeah <laughs> Cyber Cam would. I don't know if Cam would, you know? <laughs> Cam's like, what? <laughs> what are you trying to do? It's like, hey, you're the one who programmed your, like, cybernetic clone to be a himbo, not not anybody else. <laughs> Plus, since I think Cyber Cam would be like, what would it be like to fuck myself? <laughs> More so than Cam, who's just like, you're a tool. <laughs> oh my god. Ugh. Oh god, now I think about that thing from Wishful Drinking with the... The sex doll? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and now when they tell me to go fuck myself, I could give it a whirl. <laughs> <laughs> like, the best part is finding out that Carrie Fisher kept that doll in her house. <laughs> oh, oh my god, god, it's so good. <laughs> oh, I love her! Yes. Rest, rest in peace, Carrie Fisher, you were a treasure. Yes. 
She was, oh, God, and her house was amazing. <laughs> yeah, you're fine. So uh, that kind of concludes the Rangers, I guess. After I, I, I just made up that point of, hey, we should discuss this, which we discussed it in like every other podcast. Right. Should keep a running track of who we like. Who in the series has clones, and would they fuck them? <laughs> the someone in Power Rangers have a clone fetish. Right. Um. So now we're on the to allies. We've been talking a lot about Sensei Kanoi uh, Watanabe. Um. Uh, and so, Kanoi, when you first see him, he's, uh, played, he's played by actually the same actor who plays Lothor, uh, Grant McFarlane, but Grant McFarlane is, you know, not in a lucha mask and everything, uh, so, uh, he's instead kind of, you know, dressed, um, you know, what they think would be appropriate for a ninja school teacher, and, um, he gets It looks blessed. like gear. Yeah, it does. <laughs> It just looks like Lucha Lothar. Fetish gear. <laughs> yeah, it, it does. Um, well, I guess we'll go into that with Lothar. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's like Lucha Fetish gear versus the pure pure uh, teacher here. And um, so Lothar, like, they have this tense meeting, and then Lothar blasts him with an energy rave. And uh, because, you know, Sensei Kanoi can... Basically transform into animals. He got stuck as a guinea pig, and they do this whole techno babble hand wave for it. Uh, yeah, you want to explain so, why it was a guinea pig? <laughs> yeah, it, it was like he gets hit by a blast, and it basically like messes with his transformation. Transformed to get out of it, and he just got stuck. Right. It, it was very weird and hand wavy. So it's just a CGI one. The entire time is the CGI thing, and I believe the actors talked about they had to have, like, a placeholder to look at right. it. So it'd be, like, a ball or something to just look at and interact with, and somebody would read lines off the, uh, off stage. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, but believe it, like, the CGI of this little, little thing just looked better, better than the Hurricane or puppet. Which, you showed me that puppet. It's a little terrifying. <laughs> it's It's a very cursed puppet. And you said it was a hamster, not a guinea pig? Yeah, it was a hamster in, in it. And they also would, like, actually put shots of a real hamster sometimes in Hurricane Drift. <laughs> <coughs> like, here's a real hamster playing cards. I'm like, what the fuck? A very serious at they didn't show. Make the, at least they didn't make, like, the, the, the hamster's mouth move. Oh, that puppet is upsetting. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Joe jo just saw the puppet. It's like, yeah, it's very upsetting compared to, like, the CGI ball of fur that we had to watch. Yeah, we'll put it in the show notes Ugh. if anybody else wants to see this, like, horrific monstrosity. I was expecting something like the cat puppets from the live-action Sailor Moon, and this is so much worse. <laughs> The, the cat plushie you made? Oh, yeah. my God. That was so... I'm... Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> just some expert um... doll wiggling. <laughs> just, just throw... Thank God they didn't have that, because imagine if they had, like, a guinea pig, like, plushie, and you just threw it instead of actually, like, animating a flip. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you know that the budget at Disney would be in real dire straits. <laughs> um... I think one of the things we talked about, he, he was kind of, he felt like he was, dim, like, what they wanted Demetria from uh, Turbo to be, but he was, he wasn't as fucking annoying. <laughs> yeah, like, because he was, 
not there to necessarily hold the ranger's hand, but give them wisdom when they needed it. Yeah. But like, didn't ask, didn't didn't set everything up as a question. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure if they had to deal with a bomb, Sensei would be like, "Oh no, here's how you defuse it." Or please go to Cam. I don't know anything about bombs. Right. I can barely program my TV. <laughs> It's like, uh, now I'm just imagining Cam having to turn off motion smoothing on the TV. <laughs> Cam's probably had to set up so much shit for him. Right. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was very much like, didn't Luke like, put things in a question loop? You could easily understand him. And yeah, like, he he just more was there for advice. I remember like, when the, the episode we mentioned earlier about Tori and the, the fashion thing. Um, his advice was, like, she just went to him and was like, should I do this? And he was like, trust your heart. And she went, you're no help. But he's like, I can't make your decision for you. Yeah. Was what he said. She's like, that's something a ranger mentor should be doing, is being like, you know, you are going to need to trust yourself on this because I can't make that decision. Yeah. I can't wait till you get to go say Ashley, because you're going to be like, this this motherfucker went out for a pack of smokes and never came back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's like the, the, but yeah, he just, he had, I think, like, some people don't like him as a mentor. I think he has a sweet spot as a mentor of just, like, not being too overbearing and giving everyone a solution, but also, like, actually being helpful. Yeah. Um... And yeah, as we mentioned, like, his kind of, his main character crux, besides being the ranger mentor, is kind of his tension with Cam over kind of just being very overprotective and not wanting to lose Cam like he lost his wife. Yeah. You know, I can see that, honestly. Like, that's where, like, like Cam kind of comes from it of, like, I'm, I'm not an adult. I'm an adult now, Dad, okay? Mm-hmm. Whereas, like... Kanoi definitely was like, you're the only living family member I have left because the other one is a fucking space asshole. Right. So, uh, I want to protect you, make sure nothing happens to you. Right. And, uh, I guess our, to finally round out, we have Kelly, who we just, who was the uh, Dustin and later Hunter and Blake's boss at Storm Chargers at her very, at her extreme sports store. Right. She mostly gave the Rangers advice when it came to, like, real world, like, stuff, not stuff dealing with, like, I shouldn't say real world, because, you know, dealing with Lothor is not the real world stuff. for them. Yeah. Yeah. Not Ranger stuff. And also, very understanding boss, because, like, Dustin and Hunter and Blake would just always leave her hanging, and they, I guess she just couldn't hire anybody else, and Dustin was that good of a mechanic? Yeah. I, that, I, that, that's the only reason I can really think of, you know? Yeah. That that it's a boutique store, so it's probably like in a sense of like it's specific to one thing, so it's probably not busy, busy all the time, right? And like it's it's probably hard to find people who actually know what they're talking about. Yeah, and we just kind of called her the good advice lesbian. Yeah, she just has very large lesbian vibes. Like, yeah, <laughs> there's really no other way to explain it. Like, how else do you explain a single woman? Who runs an extreme sports shop and like constantly wears vests? Yeah, it's like she definitely drives a Subaru. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that woman drives a Subaru and is probably U-hauled with her last three girlfriends. <laughs> <laughs> and she has a rescue dog that she loves very much. I'm sure. 
Yeah, like she she definitely just has big like big adult lesbian vibes. Yeah. And um she she's still like and then again like the helping out thing, I just remembered like the one time like she made Tori kind of work for it was because it's like, oh hey, like it was basically to make up for Shane blowing off that one dude that said Tori was cute. Right. It's like, but I don't work here. It's like, no, just, just go talk to him. Yeah, it took me a while to realize that it was just Dustin and Hunter and Blake that worked at Storm Chargers and not everyone else, (laughs) because they just kept hanging out. (laughs) Yeah, like, obviously she does not care that Shane will hunt, like, hang out in, like, the room where Dustin works on bikes. Like, good. She just seems like a very cool, like, lesbian aunt. Yes. And, like, she also, like, sponsors the kids at their extreme sports events. Yeah. Like, she, she she just uses the kind of the, the, the store. She definitely is a businesswoman in a sense that she's not constantly going out of business like Ernie. But, uh, and it seems that she has a, yeah, she, they do kind of scent that she doesn't have sometimes enough budget for some of the other th- stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she, she does sponsor stuff when she can, community events, the kids and their sports and all that. Yeah, I find, also find it interesting that the whole episode about, like, um, Dustin getting famous came up because he wasn't just protecting the store from people who were like it wasn't robbers it was like people that were associated with the big box like extreme sports store that were trying to buy out storm chargers oh that's right they they were wrecking the place they were trying to wreck the place so that way she would like give up the business because she couldn't afford any like to fix the shop yeah which i'm like the fact that only came up really briefly i'm like no hold on that's a really interesting plot idea, and you're just dropping it for a whole, like, oh, well, Dustin gets famous as the Yellow Ranger, and it goes to his head. <laughs> There's this whole corporate espionage thing, and you drop yeah, it. Yeah, it's like, you have a whole corporate espionage thing about, like, a big box store trying to run a independently owned, like, business out of, like, out of business. Like, do you want to talk about that? It's like, no? Okay. No, apparently not. So that, and then she had no last name. It's like, Joe, was that you who noted, like, no gas name given, like Cher? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, there's really nothing else to really say about Kelly. She She's just, she's your cool lesbian aunt that drives a Subaru. <laughs> uh, so I guess mm. moving on to our villains. So our first one, as we mentioned, was Lothor, a.k.a. Kia Watanabe. And, yeah, my God, is this man campy as fuck. This man is so <laughs> campy. <laughs> like, I just... Because, like, yeah, he's supposed to be, like, the ultimate evil of the universe. But, like, you know, he's still out here complaining about his stupid, like, nieces. Or were, were Omar and Capri supposed to be his nieces or his cousins? His nieces. Yeah, he's out here complaining about how stupid his nieces are. Dressing like a, an S&M luchador. <laughs> and, like, you know like having his own tv show 50 sitcom style trying to convince the entire universe that he's like he's actually a cool guy that you should love i'm like that is uh those are certainly some plot choices those 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 were um wanda who (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i I think go ahead yeah we noted he was 100 percent that bitch oh yeah Uh, I, I just I still think of the one episode where like they were doing his nails at the beginning. He's like, I have other things oh, yeah. to take care of. Just do a quick buff. <laughs> yeah. Um. 
yeah, so d- he definitely, well, as we said here, he did feel a little queer-coded. And, like, yeah. he, just, he just really felt like the salty gay uncle of Mara and Capri. Yeah. <laughs> it really didn't, like, hit to me until, like, oh, he went and did his own thing, and then he became, like, uh, like an SM luchador while doing his own thing. And then it looks like he married, because it's like, Mara and Capri are his, um, I think you find that out in next season with the team up is Mara and Capri are Lothor's um, nieces via marriage okay and like the, so because they would also call cam like cousin like when they first when yeah. they met him so it's very it's very much like did you marry into the the evil drag queen planet family because of how mara and capri <laughs> look yeah and like mara and capri are also supposed to be ninjas so it's just like so the alien drag queen ninja clan like what is happening here yeah what what is what is happening um but, uh, yeah, just, uh, but what was kind of interesting was he had that menacing chess plan, he, re- chess plan, like, playing the field until, and he really didn't let on till like, really towards the end of the show. Right, with the whole abyss of evil thing. Yeah, uh, like, a lot of people kind of say it was kind of a saving throw, but I'm like, uh, no, Lothar was supposed to be kind of like a conniving evil bastard, so. Yeah, as we saw in the flashback episode when we found out that he's Cam's uncle. Yeah, Kia, it's like, I will now be Lothor! And I'm like, is that how I should, like, come out? <laughs> like, like when I get my name changed fully, it's like, Ah, oh, yeah, my dead name is no more! You will now call me Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> then I'm banished into space. Yeah. <laughs> well, how else are we supposed to get fully automated space gay communism? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's he was definitely the evil twin brother. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and like the abyss of evil was kind of like he just would get this army of generals essentially, and then just would watch them die. So the like because every time something dies, the abyss of evil would just kind of fill up and letting these monsters die. Which we forgot we forgot to say in the notes about the one he ate. Oh yeah. Oh god. So like. <laughs> It was supposed to be some sort of pig monster, like, not like, not like pudgy pig or anything like that, but it was some sort of pig monster or boar monster. And like, he fails at the end of the episode, you know, throws giant, gets killed off by the, the Megazord. And then like, at the end, they're all eating ribs. (laughs) I was like, what the (laughs) fuck? That was kind of, it's a very dark humored moment in a show. I was like, I had no idea what to say to that. It was shocking yeah it's like this was somebody that was talking to you a while ago and now you're eating him yeah i know he was a sentient pig but come on uh but yeah it was pretty much like the monsters and stuff there they would all like go into the abyss of evil and then after the final generals have fallen the abyss of evil would basically erupt like sending the i guess in terms of like playing a card game like essentially playing a card where you can get your entire grave the your entire graveyard back right. is really how i look at it it's very much a magic the gathering strategy of like oh hey i just got back my entire graveyard and i'm shuffling it and i can play it back right. so it was very <laughs> much like yeah i i i got these evil people resurrected again now we're gonna fuck shit up and of course the abyss of evil was on top of the x games I, I they didn't call it the X Games, but it was basically the X Games. Yeah, yeah. 
So, and that, that was kind of Lothor's whole arc was definitely, uh, I'm, I'm an evil motherfucker and I'm going to go and I'm going to get banished into space and have a new name. Yeah. Bye. And I'm also going to steal ninja academies. Yeah. Um, but he was just, I love him because he just really is so delightfully campy and evil. Right. It's like, yeah, I think that's what made him fun. And it's like, I feel like not a lot of the male villains on Power Rangers so far have gotten a chance to be that campy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, I don't, I don't think we've really had, like, that campy of a, like, that type of campy, because there was Rancic, who was a different type of campy. Right. It was a more action male hero type of campy, but it's, like, it's it's been a while, like, I think it's since Diva Talks, really. Yeah, yeah. the campy for Rancic was, we got an actor from Mad Max, and we are going to exploit the hell out of that. <laughs> yes, the guy from Commando. <laughs> Uh, well, okay, moving on. Uh, so Mara and Capri is our next, um, our next set of villains, and they're kind of like uh, the Team Rocket duo slash Bulk and Skull of the season. And, uh, we kind of want to talk about, like, how they actually worked kind of as that comic relief Bulk and Skull thing. Because I, I think the thing we, we mainly talked about is just how... Uh, both like ever since it's like they realize oh they struck gold with bulk and bulk and skull but it's just like the the reattempt to capture that magic was always bad yeah because like it's so like yeah every season since the beginning they ha- they try to do like a du- a comedic duo on the series they kind of have the same vibe as bulk and skulls that they may be kind of bully like but like are you know ultimately they're just there to be comic relief mm-hmm and, like, uh, so far it's been kind of hit or miss, but, like, it actually works for, like, Mara and Capri, because I think, well, one, they're very good at playing the absolute bimbos. Um, they really are. Yeah. Um, but, like, they also, like, had that kind of evil to them where they were, like, yeah, they were obviously bad, they were the bad guys, but they were kind of ineffective bad guys, which is really kind of what you need for, like, kind of the bulk and skull type. Is that, yeah, yeah, they're part of the threat, but they're not the ultimate threat, you know? Yeah. And it, it just also helped that the actresses had such great chemistry. Yeah, like, I could, like, I honestly could believe that these two were, like, you know, like, bratty sisters or, like, you know, even if the actresses weren't sisters, they definitely played it up that way. Um, yeah. As I noted on the Twitter, because at some point we realized they have the exact same energy as Billy Kay and Peyton Royce. Oh, God. You gotta be, you gotta be joking me, Chubo! <laughs> did you get a journalism school for that? No, was like, did, you, did you get a journalism for that? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Kayla! <laughs> hey, Montetroud! Honestly, if they just let them keep the New Zealand accents, it would have just made it so much better. <laughs> Um, and so like they're very similar to nadira in that they are kind of like the ditzy shopping girls that are into girl things girl things yeah girl things we got my uncle's credit card yeah like they they definitely did have that same similar vibe to nadira Though they felt a little less like spoiled brats the way that nadira was because nadira obviously had like a, a father figure, because I'm like, I don't, well, no, he was her father. I just think he was her adopted father. Of like, she obviously yeah. had a father that cared about her very much and would do anything for her. And these two have an uncle who just barely puts up with them. 
and, and it just sounds like the family put them with with Lothor so they could get away from these two. Right. It's like go hang out with your father, like your uncle on his like spaceship for like a summer. <laughs> um I think Lothar even complains about that. It's like, take your nieces for the summer, they say. <laughs> right. <laughs> He's like, I just want to be left alone. Yeah. Um, and kind of the first hint of, like, the whole ditzy, like, shopping girl thing. But the hint of that being a bit of a ruse really came from All About Beevil, where uh, Mara, like, you know, get gets her friend Beevil... Uh, you know, a job with Lothor, and, you know, everyone loves Beevil because she's more evil than Mara, and Mara's like, well, I'll, you know, and they banish Mara and everything, and she goes through this whole thing of, like, maybe I, you know, I, you know, I'm not, I'm bad at being bad, and Dustin, of course, takes her in and is like, maybe you should try being good. Yeah. And then it all backfires when it just founds out that, like, Mara just did it all to just I think get some ranger tech or something. No, get some, uh, just juice for Beevil from the rangers. Right. Just play Dustin like a fiddle and everything. And, like, and that, that was kind of the hint of, like, no, they're a little bit more conniving than that. And then all of a sudden, the very big, like, end with, the with like, dealing with betraying the last two generals. Right. It's like, oh, no, they were playing dumb. Right. Because, <laughs> like, they knew about, like, um... Yeah, they knew about Lothor's plan, so they were just sort of playing into it. And it was just like, there's some sort of, like, double, triple, like, quadruple cross happening here. Oh, yeah. Like, because it's like, they they had, they were supposed to fake being, like, evil with, um, you know, supposed to fake, you know, backstabbing their uncle with, you know, Shimatsu, and I think they they killed Shimatsu because of that, and then they kind of tricked Vexicus into just getting himself blown up. And then, then like, and it was all because, like, Lothar needed that and thanked them. And then at the very end, Lothar's like, yeah, you seem too eager to betray me. Right. So, I'm gonna throw you into the abyss as well. Yeah. Lothar was kind of that type of bastard who would just kind of, like, backstab you. Right. So, and then, like, the funny thing was about, like, especially with Mara, is that she still cared about Dustin's approval, even, like, to- after that whole episode. She's like, he was really cute. Is he still mad at right? me? That's like, well, what do you think, Mara? Yeah, they they turned Mara less good because Lothar left him to die. And Cam's like, okay, fine. You're family. I guess I'll save you. I guess. <laughs> I'm a good person. That's why. Right. Um, and so, like, I think, even at the- I think beginning Cam wouldn't have saved them! Right. And then, like, at the end, they ended up, like, joining the Wind Ninja, uh, rain- uh, the Wind Ninja Academy. Yeah. So, like, I guess good for them? Good for them. And kind of the two gen- there was a lot of generals this season, but the two we wanted to get into were Zerg Gang and Vexicus. Right. And, like, Zerg Gang was pretty much, like, the first in command and constantly- gets shit um i th- i think it was like we we really talked about him and lothar really had like an abusive boss surrogate relationship yeah it felt like very much like rita and goldar in that that sense yeah except you know zergate was actually smart unlike goldar yeah, no goldar still the dumbest person alive <laughs> 
Yeah, because their game would come up with plans and stuff, and like Lothar would be like, "I'm gonna vaporize you if you fail," and they're gonna be like, "Oh," and Lothar's like, "Oh, just kidding, I won't vaporize you this time, maybe <laughs> this time." <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, he was very proactive and had plans and just had that sort of rapport going on. And his biggest downfall was just basically trying to prove himself over Vexicus. Right. Because they just basically got into that late season dick measuring contest that happens with Power Rangers so often. Oh yeah, I won't, I won't say what I thought in my head, but I just might. Because which is just like, does would Vexic like would that be a failing thing? Because Vexicus would probably have two. He's a shark. Oh God. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he has two dicks. Zergane is like probably a eunuch or something. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, it took me a second to really catch on with what you were saying. <laughs> I'm horrible. Uh, you're not the worst. <laughs> no. Yeah, I guess because, you know, we have the whole power struggle that seems to happen, and then Zergane got, uh, got uh, and then Vexicus stole the data he was collecting. Yeah, because it was, it was basically like, Zergane was doing, I'll show you, I'll collect all this, this data on the ranger's weaponry. And uh, did so, and then Zer- like Vexicus just killed him in a fight after Zergain basically got weakened in, in the battle with the Rangers, right. and just stole the data, and that's that's per Zergain. And then, so we've talked about Vexicus, and so as we mentioned, he is an evil alien bounty hunter shark dude. Uh, he he came into play because of Skyla, like he was after Skyla's power and and was chasing her, right? And uh. Lothar just basically offered him a spot on the army, and Vexicus, because he's a, you know, evil alien bounty hunter shark dude, was just there for himself. Yep, and we saw how that turned out for him. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Whoops. Yep. (laughs) Yep. It's accurate, is that, like, you know, he was 100% in it for himself, he backstabbed everybody, and then that's how, eventually how he got got. (laughs) (laughs) Just like, hey, go, go kill the Thunder Rangers, and then... He exploded. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, that'll earn you. <laughs> You're dead yeah. now. Well. You're dead now. Um, and kind of our honorable mentions of the characters with, with this was the rest of the generals, really. Which is like, Chubo is kind of the villain butt monkey. While he was there for a lot of the episodes, there just wasn't much to him. Yeah, also, like, Mar and Capri had a crush on him, which, okay. It was like the episode where, like, Chubo got credit for Zergain's like victory or something, mm-hmm. and so all of a sudden it's like, oh, Chubo's hot, and then of course at the end of the episode, Chubo fucks up and becomes small, and then they use him as a pet. Yeah, and then he grows. Or was it another episode? No, I, I don't know. I I know that's what happened. I just don't remember if that was the episode. Yeah, because I think the episode where he shrinks down and everything was the episode where like Mars. Blowfish died? Yeah, like, she had a fish that died, and she was sad because her pet was dead. And then she got a new pet. It was Miniature Chubo. Yeah. So, yeah, he, he was just really there for shits and giggles. Yeah. Uh, Shimatsu was- that was kind of weird, because it was a super hyped-up villain with the wolf blades and everything, and they just didn't did, did nothing with him, and he was just kind of, like, melted by Mara and Capri at the end. Just dead. Yeah. So, thanks for that. And then, of course, Motodrone, um, which is similar to Shimatsu, he's had a very good opening episode, which is basically, like, 
Moto Drone was like the wear car. Because <laughs> it was like this, uh, I forget the name of the mechanic uh, that all happened with. But like, you know, this kind of this isolated and weird mechanic that um, that Blake and Hunter meet who helps them out with the motocross meet. And he's working on trying to per like make the perfect motorcycle, which basically would run on like a symbiotic relationship between the machine and the rider. And basically he turns into a wear, he turns to a wear motorcycle named Motodrone. And yeah. they, they fix him of that. But then like, uh, Lothor's like, huh, what if we like isolate that and like make him one of my generals? And then they really do nothing with him after they do that. Yeah, he just kind of is there and just, yeah, he, he, I think he gets melt, like killed by Vexicus, just Vexicus melts yeah. him. Yeah, and I was just like, damn, that's dark. <laughs> yeah. Um, because he, he, like, caught on to Vexicus's plans and, like, I'm going to tell Lothor, and Vexicus went snitches, get stitches. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess that brings us to our odds and ends, because there's not really much else to talk about in terms of characters. Yeah, I was going to talk about, like, the return of me watching Power Rangers and kind of getting, actually getting in the fandom as opposed to when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I didn't have access to newsletters or zines or anything. Right. Um, so it was mostly Ranger Board, and it was just, it definitely was, like, a weird experience because... Ranger board was, I don't know if it is, but it was kind of a cesspool at the time. Right. Um, and one of the things that happened was, uh, Doug and, uh, they actually played Tori, Sally, and, um, and, um, that the actor played Cam, uh, Jason, were, they all became members of Ranger board, were trying to interact with fans. Sally just kind of stopped interacting because everyone would be gross at her. Oh, ew. Ugh. Like, literally ask her about her bra size and shit. Uh, it's like, what, this is why we so can't was, have nice things. Yeah, it was pretty much of like, this is why we can't have nice things. And she was like, 18 or something, so she's oh, like, God. barely, you know, barely an adult, you know, 18, 19, and here's these like, older something people being gross, so yeah, she just peaced out. But, um... So, Jason stuck around and actually would talk to a lot of people, I guess because we were nicer to him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and I just remember it was around the, like, episode with, oddly enough, with Shimatsu and all that. There was a thread called Cam's Hidden Talent, and a bunch of us just started using it as a hanging out thread. Right. I'm not sure how any of these people are doing now, but I hope they're okay. They were pretty chill people and lovely. And, uh, like, we, like, one of the people of the thread, like, organized a whole, like, birthday thing for Jason, and we did, like, fan art and stuff for him, and he was, like, very touched by Aww. it. So it was just kind of like, I, I hope he still has, like, my horribly misspelled fan art, because I have dyslexia. <laughs> um, and, yeah, no, that was, uh, that was kind of like, it was kind of like old message board experience back in the right. day. Um. Also very funny, there was a, a Please Do Not Talk About Forever Red, and it was like, I, I did not comprehend it till much, till, like, later, mm -hmm. that Forever Red was a very, like, with, with Wild Force, it was a super recent season, because it didn't feel like it, but it was, and it's like, wow, that, that was off topic. <laughs> but the big, the biggest thing to me was the Cam and Hunter shipping. 
you explained it to me and I still do not get it. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> so this, even with people that just came into the show later, they would just start shipping Hunter and Cam. And I, I feel like part of it was and because the two actors, uh, Adam and Jason, went to the same acting school. But that's a, yeah, it was just kind of a weird moment of just, like, everyone shipped these two. And I'm like, they barely interacted. But cool, you do you. Yeah, I'm, like, trying to sit here remembering when they interacted. And especially interacted in such a way that you could, like, obviously ship them. And I am running a blank. <laughs> I think... I think, my, like, the like the whole, like, one time they truly interacted was the whole, like, last episode where Hunter was trying to get chicks. And, like, uh, Cam was like, hey, look, there's some Kelzaks. Okay, then. Yeah, it's it's a really weird thing to think about, honestly. Just how ships be sometimes, you know? <laughs> yeah, like... Like, how everybody on Tumblr knew as soon as, like, Martin Freeman got cast in the MCU, they were going to start cast- they were going to start shipping him with Doctor Strange, even though they've never interacted. <laughs> it's because of Sherlock. We- we must have that Sherlock connection. Like, no, we don't. Please stop. Yeah. <laughs> like, I- I've- Ashley, you're like, I live to super- Lock, come take me. Yeah, I'm like, no, I, I, I lived through that. I don't need to talk about it anymore. <laughs> um, oh. yeah. So, as we mentioned, kind of earlier in the episode, the fashion in this in the series was very early 2000s, for better or for worse. Mostly worse. Mostly oh, worse. I remember the rap thing. That was a thing for a while. Because I remember trying to do that briefly. Right. And then, like, you know, there's just ponchos and hats. And, like, especially, like, the episode with the with the kind of the American Idol, like, everybody's got talent. And, like, well, I forget the name of that, like, uh, reality sh- talent show that they all auditioned for. But, like, the, the outfit Mara and Capri were wearing, I was like, oh, God. I just had so many early 2000s flashbacks at once. And especially the song they performed with Oh, God, yeah. And, uh, God, there was, like, something else I was thinking of. And especially, like, with kind of just uh, extreme sports being the focus and, like, everybody's wearing kind of, like, the extreme sports-inspired sport, like, streetwear that was really popular at the time. I I think, like, there was a couple of Ed Hardy knockoff pieces. Oh, I'm sure. (laughs) Mostly worn by Hunter. Of course. He was the motocross guy with the hair. With that, with, yeah, that layered haircut that I had. (laughs) (laughs) Had a very similar layered haircut. God, if anybody had just had those, like, chunky striped highlights, I would have just, like, left my apartment and never come back. (laughs) (laughs) We might have to dig up that picture of when I was the same age, and I think I may have had chunky highlights. I don't remember. I definitely did. (laughs) I don't know if all the pictures are still out there. I hope they're not. <laughs> it's just, it's just, that was a, the early 2000s, anytime it's like the beginning of a decade, it's just a weird time for fashion. Yeah, because nobody knows what they're doing anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just a hangover from the last decade mixed with trying to figure out what they're doing. Right. 
And I'm like, people are trying to bring back low-rise jeans. I'm like, no, we've had we've had the, our time with low-rise jeans. We do not need low-rise jeans anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we've grown beyond this. Yes. Damn. And skinny jeans. That is my hot take. Oh, God, I need new jeans anyway. But that's a different hot take. Yeah. <laughs> I just ordered two pairs. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, maybe yeah. I should just go to Old Navy once I'm fully vaccinated, you know? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, enough about us talking about jeans. <laughs> Oh, God, remember when you didn't have to be vaccinated to go places? Right? Oh, uh, I just made myself sad again. God damn it. Yeah, it's a... we, we, were, we, were, we were watching that, too. Like, they were just all hanging out. Yeah. With storm chargers not six feet apart. Yeah. It's like... My God. It's like hanging out with people and going to stores for no reason. I just... I had to go past the mall, and I'm like, God, I would love to go just walk through the fucking mall right now. But you can't. Yeah. Because virus. Anyway, we should stop being sad about that for a second. Um... (laughs) And and go to (laughs) the Jubomination. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, you're okay. I I was about to say, let's go to the Jubomination that was Skyla's jeans in that battle. Yeah, I know we already talked about (laughs) it, but it was just like, I can't stop thinking about it. Like, because it was the jeans (laughs) with like, the denim, like, the lighter denim at the top that was fraying. I'm like, who does this look good on? Nobody. And, like, the yes. actress playing Skyla was very pretty. So, like, who told her that these jeans worked? Who in the costume department did that? They were like, oh, yeah, that is totally 2000s. That is Do you hip. think somebody was mad at her? Or... Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Is this, like, a Megan McCain's hairstylist sort of situation? Or... <laughs> Oh my god. If that was the case, we've seen a lot of vengeance over the years on Power Rangers. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think of who we who we, 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 we thought in the past definitely had, like... Uh, definitely the Caitlyn's actress on VR Troopers. Oh yeah, no, they definitely didn't like her. Or, no, I, honestly, it sounds like the, the, the department there was just kind of silly and didn't understand how they wanted to be dressed. Right. Cause I like I know there's like uh, like I can't find like the interview source or anything, but I do remember like there's apparently something that Brad Hawkins was just very upset with the vest thing, and the reason why they did it is because oh you look cute in it, <laughs> so it's just vest forever. <laughs> it was just vest forever. So so, but yeah, and then like so they did actually use the battleizer a lot after the whole Skyla episode. You know, as compared to some of the battleizers in the past, where it was just like, oh shit, we have this and we can use it. Yeah, Lost Galaxy. Here by its way, I guess, whatever. Yeah. And, um. Lost Galaxy is my favorite incidence of that because of, like, hey, so a woman did this for you, <laughs> and now we're not gonna use it. Yeah, um. Yeah, I will say, though, like, I, this, the battleizer kind of worked for the season as well. About, like... Oh, yeah. You know, it kind of, like... You know, it, it tied in with, like, his wind ninja powers and, like, being in the uh, the power of air. You know, versus, like, yeah. having, like... <laughs> like Versus, like, Time Force with the night-based one. <laughs> or, like... Or, like, whatever fighter pilot bullshit was happening in, like, Lost Galaxy. Yeah, that was such... So weird. So, yeah, they... 
yeah, they actually kind of tied it in to what was, I think it's the, like they finally firmly felt what a battleizer should be. Right, which is like this. a power-up. Yeah. I mean, not that the other ones haven't treated it like a power-up, but like, you know, it made sense. Yeah. And I will say that like Skyla's powers were very interesting or like her whole backstory was actually pretty interesting. You know, I just kind of wish it maybe come up sooner than like an episode half like a two-parter halfway through the season. Yeah. I'm like, this is way too interesting for Power Rangers. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, then then there was the, the afterlife, but just for ninjas that you were just like, Oh, my this. God. Yeah. I still just am like, yeah, the Mountain of Lost Souls where, like, ninjas who have, like, left this earth, like, go to rest. I'm like, but just ninjas. Like, the afterlife only exists for ninjas. No one else. <laughs> When Kelly dies, she will be nothing. <laughs> oh, God. And it was just like, the fact that this was just, yeah, it was one of those things that was just clearly a plot device to, like, you know, have, like, um, Blake and Hunter's parents just be like, oh, yeah, this is not the fault of Sensei Watanabe. Like, you gotta figure that out on your own. But, bye. No, they actually went, it was definitely Lothor. Okay. I didn't remember that. I think I was too caught up on the fact that there were ninja ghosts. Because I just remember it's like, it was him, right? It's like, no, it was Lothor. And and, and the, like, the, uh, the angsty himbos were very confused until the other himbos went, wait, did you really trust Lothor on this? <laughs> oh. Now you Lord. have fucked up. Yeah, it's just like. I just remember that tweet from the other day about, like, somebody saying that all their characters were stupid just because that's the way plots happen. Yeah, That's, that's, that's Ninja, that's a Ninja Storm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's see, we already talked about the car and the evil alien drag family. I will, I will like to note that Mara Capri, to back this up, Mara Capri are very good at lip syncing because of this, this, like, the evil space ninja song. Yeah. Um... And I think we already mentioned the Clone Story callback. So, yeah, I guess kind of just talking about the talent show episode, which was just very interesting. Yeah, there's that whole plot with the Wolf's Blades and Shimatsu. Yeah, and then it's tied in with the fact that, like, all the all of the Rangers are obsessed with this talent show, but also don't know how to edit. No, wait, no, no, no. That wasn't that episode. That was another episode. <laughs> Where they didn't know how to edit. Yeah. And, like, they all, this is where you find out that they all have their own, like, hidden talents where, like, um, Dustin knows how to play the saxophone, uh, Tori can sing, I believe. Tori can dance, Shane can okay, sing. Okay, yeah. Because I think Shane actually sang a really beautiful song. Dustin's actor was actually a saxophone player, apparently. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. And then, like, you know, Cam can play guitar, like legit and then um and then uh blake and hunter <laughs> the the motor cross bros <laughs> that fucking rap that, that was so bad that was that was that was pretty spectacular oh my god i was dying laughing it was so bad truly uh hunter bradley is gonna go on to be ninja storms eminem <laughs> Oh, Christ. And then, of course, like, you had Mara and Capri enter the competition as, I don't want to say it out loud, but it's really bad, Space Ninjas with Attitude. Oh, my God. That was so bad. I'm like, why are you referencing NWA in this series? But, yeah, I think that's, uh, 
that's that's a wrap. Yeah, so, um, yeah, we got nothing else to really say on Ninja Storm. So, I guess overall, what did we think? It's a fun season. Go check it out. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's the first season that brought me back into Power Rangers when I was a teenager. Uh, I felt like it holds up to how much I loved it when I was 16 to now that I'm 34 and we watched it for podcasts. Some of the stuff feels very 2000s. Uh, thank God not on edge lord humor wise, but overall it's a very clean story compared to other seasons. Good, good, and it's still fun even though they're uh they're just kind of not fully developed characters. But you know they're still fun characters and it's just a pleasant watch and it's still kind of one of my top seasons. So yeah, it's a bit too early for me to say if this will be an all time favorite, but I had a really fun time watching it. Uh, it may be coming down from VR Troopers last month, but the pace and the humor felt really refreshing, and it just felt like a good introduction to the new era we were entering uh, for Power Rangers at this point in the podcast. I definitely wouldn't argue about watching this one again. Probably my second favorite season after RPM. Um, it's just fun, and it's fun. <laughs> yeah. So again, uh, this is the kind of the end of our show. Uh, we would like to thank Kate Nix for our theme song. You can find her at Twitter at I am Kate Nix, as well as her website, uh, katenix.com, where you can find her Bandcamp, uh, merch and streaming. As of publishing this podcast, uh, Lullaby Lounge has returned on uh, March 31st as Lounge 5. And you can currently catch that live Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern with replays on Thursdays at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at katenix.live. Sorry. Uh, Kurt Yoder for editing the podcast. He's uh, Great SG Creations on Etsy. And uh, now he he, um, mostly markets and shows off his Perler artwork um, on twitter at great sg pixels um we still have a lot of things to sell if you want to come by and check out our shop um our uh wrestler of the podcast is chuck taylor slash dustin he is a sad himbo who wrestles very well he also uh he's also best friends with another sad himbo and a himbo who doesn't want to be there you can check him out wednesdays on aew's dynamite and his twitter and instagram are funny and that is sexy chucky t and uh, this is where we would normally just thank Joe and everything, but Joe, hey, thank you for coming on. Uh, thank you for doing our podcast start. It's really great. And um, so, yeah, normally we would be here, like, telling, like, where to find you. So where can we find you, Joe? Uh, well, thanks for having me on. And then you can find me on Twitter at uh, Joe underscore Hunter and on Instagram at Joe Bloody Hunter. But, yeah, uh, Twitter, you can find, like, links to my Threadless shop and a bunch of other stuff. So I also make a comic called The Start Strikers. We're looking to have the third issue out at the end of April, hopefully. Almost done coloring. Uh, so yeah, yeah. And when that issue comes out, see if you can spot a, uh, a background cameo from your your host truly in the. <laughs> oh shit! That's yeah. right. <laughs> because we we seriously were just like. I just remember I texted Ashley. I was like, Ashley, you got to be in on this. This is uh, totally a cameo you want to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yes. Yes, it was. Um, and so, yeah, as for me, as always, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at atmiskittyf. Um, my Twitter has a link tree to all of my links for, like, my Gumroad, my shop, um, 
I guess I'm getting back into tarot reading soon, hopefully. Like, you can just contact me privately about that. And then um, I have my... Um, I have my square shop where I sell my uh, my cloth masks, tote bags, zines, <clears throat> and you can find that at ashley-leckwell.square.site. It's also in the link tree. Just look it up. I'm, I'm there. All right. And then you can find me currently on uh, Twitter at sins2 as in the number two hell, uh, Instagram. Um, you can find my cats mainly with rich, witchcraft and cats. Uh, and then on my Twitter, I have a link tree. Uh, it shows some things like uh, Amazon wish lists uh, in case you want to just help around our house right now. Uh, but also, I just launched a soap and candle store called Coda's Magical Cra- Crafts. Yes, it's named after our podcast mascot. <laughs> and it's it's mostly a soap and candle store as of right now. I have plenty of soaps uh, starting to get low on candles. Some of them are ranger inspired if you want to check that out. It's in the link tree, but it's uh, also a square site with coda-magical-crafts.square.site. All right. And uh, and then uh, with Ranger Splane, you can find us at Twitter and Instagram with at Ranger Splane. And uh, our WordPress is rangersplane.wordpress.com. Uh, we actually tentatively have an idea of when our Patreon is going to come out. We're planning on relaunching possibly in May. We got some really cool and neat ideas uh, that we we kind of fleshed out for it. So check us, kind of keep an eye on yeah, that. And we'll let you know on Twitter when we will be relaunching that as well. And that concludes this episode. Again, thank you so much, Joe Hunter, for joining us for this episode. Yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs> anytime, anytime. Anytime. We love you, Joe. Yeah, very much Aww. so. <laughs> so much. Yeah. Next month, Tommy Oliver returns as an angsty, way overqualified high school teacher in Dino Thunder. Stay safe, get vaccinated when you can, stop being so fucking racist, and may the power protect you. Go. Ranger.